Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Chelsea puts on the headgear every Saturday morning. That is the moment when the day of football can start. Could have never have, have dreamt that it would have become where we are today, where fans every week, that's what they wait for, to see which headgear he's going to put on. I like Ohio State's speed and power, but I question their place kicker and their punter. The headgear tradition started in 1996 at Ohio State. Herb Street was fairly new on the show, and Kirk's wife, Allison, had been an Ohio State cheerleader. He thought I might have some kind of in to try to get Brutus his headgear. They had to do some very high-level, tense negotiations. I'm telling you, it took three or four different back and forths until finally they green-lighted Brutus. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Let's just examine the Brutus head. It's a head representing a nut, a two-tone nut. Oh. I like the fuck guys. So it's ridiculous looking. You can't help but laugh. Hey, 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 hey. And when he sensed that that was an entertaining moment that resonated with fans across the sport, he embraced it and it's become a beloved tradition. Colorado in a big upset. I remember him. As a young kid watching college game day and Lee Corso was on there and putting on the headgear. He is college game day. I feel like I've been watching Lee Corso do that since you know I was in high school. The different antics he's used and mascots he's used has been pretty incredible. Fire wolf costume, purple cows! cows! To this day I still watch and anticipate to see what he's gonna do. Go Navy, beat army. Seeing him fire off the guns is pretty funny. My favorite one, we're at Texas, and McConaughey starts wrestling the LSU Tiger head off of LC. There was a little trickle of blood. Katy Perry was incredible. Like, she damn near broke my man's nose, taking the mask I had off of him. I think the, the, the best one might be the, the outtakes. How can you pick against that Shibuya? Throwing out some, some words that might, might needed to be edited. <laughs> My favorite memories definitely include live animals. We got a live duck. On the set. He's not afraid of gamecocks. <laughs> He's not afraid of alligators. <laughs> He's not afraid of dogs of any kind. That dog is beautiful. That dog is ugly. Give me this thing here. I think the best part is when Coach does the okey doke. 
where he grabs one head, gets ready to put it on, and then he chucks it to the side and grabs the other one. I'm going with sweet old Alabama. <laughs> Anytime I'm watching and you don't know, you know, which, what he's going to pick up, that, that's all pretty exciting. Penn State, give him that head. Does that mean you're going to go against your first love, Brutus? Coach Corso is a maestro of the crowd. He can take them on a ride like not many people in the history of television can. Corso <laughs> with the duck. He's always got something ready for the people. And to see him come out as Ben Franklin was just absolutely incredible. I found it, Ben. This is my school. My best moment is when he picked Texas to win the national championship. Tonight, they shocked the entire universe. And all the other guys up there were totally against him. I'm going with Texas Longhorns. Hook up, Texas! <laughs> and then we won. And I've praised Coach for that ever since. There's a time with Bill Murray. We're at Death Valley at Florida State. <laughs> and he comes up, Chief Osceola, and he's dancing, and he's dancing. Oh! Bill Murray sees that, and he picked Clemson, and he picks him up. It's a takedown. WWE style. It's chaos everywhere. Somebody that tried to copy that would be like, it would be silly. There's only one person that can do that, Lee Corso. I think he's been a great ambassador for college football, and has brought some great perspective, but also brought laughs and fun to a game that we have to remember is still supposed to be fun and supposed to be a game. What he's provided to so many households, what he's provided to so many of us as coaches, he put a lot of fun in the game. I just can't thank him enough. <laughs> For Lee Corso to put on that headgear 400 times, it never gets old. It's sincere, it's authentic, it's genuine, it embraces the fans, it embraces the tradition of what makes this sport unlike any other and what makes Lee Corso a college football broadcaster, an icon that's unlike any other who's ever been involved with this sport. And God bless the United States of America! <laughs> the fact that I've got a chance to sit next to you all these years and watch you do your thing and just learn from you. It just taught me so much about this industry, watching you perform and, and the way you did it. There he is. Hey, the Kirk Show. We love you so much. You're a piece of gold that we cherish every single week. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 17th of September, year of our Lord, 2023. Decided to go with a rather long intro, I know, but I love that guy. And it was his 400th head pick, or helmet pick, uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, I watched it with my son. I watched it with my grandkids. Uh, my wife even watches, and she doesn't even like football. Um, it just is college football um i uh man i am gonna i am gonna really really miss um i'm gonna miss him um he is just an icon um and it's sad he's uh 
you know, he had a stroke, so it's, it's been kind of touch and go on his ability to speak. And I don't think he has much long, longer, um, maybe this year, and that'll be it. So wanted to start there. We're going to go into uh, now Kirby. And once again, I, I cover this stuff because as an ex-military guy, remember, um, 20 years, you couldn't be political. I still consider myself an independent because I feel weird even associating with the party because my whole life has been you can't. You're a soldier. But our officer corps is really fucked up. And this right here pissed me off. I know that you dispute that this is a ransom payment. Obviously, many critics of this agreement say that it is just that. So, in effect, they suggest it's $1 billion per per American individual being released. So, how is this not incentivizing bad actors and rogue regimes like Iran in the future to detain more Americans? Bad actors like Iran and like Mr. Putin in Russia don't need any incentive to continue to look for ways to wrongfully detain Americans. It's, it's been happening a long, long time, um, and we have to accept the reality that it could happen again in the future. I also want to be clear. This is not a payment of any kind. It's not ransom. These aren't U.S. taxpayer dollars. And we haven't lifted a single one of our sanctions on Iran. Iran will be getting no sanctions relief. There is a development this morning in this U.S. effort yeah. to get five Americans mm-hmm. released from prison in Iran. This is about a waiver to banks to release yeah. $6 billion of Iranian money to banks in Qatar yeah. with some right with some restrictions of how it can be used. Um, it's a development that the right is criticizing, but it's necessary to get them out. Well, first, you, I want to say this. I wanted to ask about your interview, too. With yes. Well, firstly, the right, or whoever you say are criticizing, have gone into these deals before. President Trump himself has released Iranian prisoners in, um, Iranian prisoners in a swap to get Americans mm-hmm. out of Iran. There has been Iranian money given back in the past, Iranian money, mm-hmm. in order to get Americans who are wrongly detained back to their right. families. Um, what this one is about, and I've been reporting this for, for a while now, ever since I got that exclusive interview with the longest-held uh, American Iranian, Siam Namazi, in Avian prison, the most extraordinary ever interview um, that I've ever conducted. It's just never happened before. It was so utterly compelling, so sad that this American had been held for eight and a half half years in an Iranian jail just for being American. And so, yes, this is Iranian money, not American taxpayer money, that South Korea... Once again, I do not understand why the left is so invested in this Iranian thing. Um, Part of me thinks it's because of that lady that was the chief of staff. She is Iranian. Um... Or the fact that Obama still, you know, he thinks like a Muslim. I know he says he's not a Muslim, but I'm sorry. Um, I don't believe him. You know, he was raised in that part of the country, and I, I truly think he identifies with that. And that's why we continually have these moments where we're doing the wrong thing. We should not be giving them any money. Um, But for some reason we are. And 
it's all going to go to terrorism. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's going to be terrorism. They, they are the biggest supplier of terrorism. And we're giving them $6 billion. And of course, that piece of shit is going to be that way. Then a, a reporter with temerity, you know, after all these lies, why does the president lie all the time? And here's Kirby. Uh, John, um, in the past couple of weeks, the president has lied about being at ground zero the day after the September 11th attacks falsely claimed he saw the Pittsburgh Bridge collapse, uh, claimed his grandfather died in the hospital days before his birth. What is going on with the president? Is he just believing things that didn't happen did happen, or is he just randomly making stuff up? The president uh, was deeply touched and honored to be able to spend 9-11 with uh, military members there in Alaska and some families, uh, and uh, was, uh, was, was honored by their presence and the chance to make an important set of remarks about why we need to continue to remember that day. Um, and he did that. Um, and he spoke about uh, a visit to Ground Zero, which he did participate in, uh, about a week or so after uh, the the event, um, and what that looked and what that smelled and what like. You know, um, duty, honor, country. I serve the commander-in-chief. I got it, but man... You, you, you just gotta be kidding me. You just gotta be kidding me. Um, I mean, cause there's so much shit coming down. Um, I wanted to play this one. This, um, was the aide also this week being coddled by CNN. And we're going to go straight into what the media is going to do now. Um, because the White House literally sent them instructions. The president was uh, present at some of the meetings between Hunter Biden and his business associates. Uh, Why was the president at those meetings on those uh, phone calls? Well, again, I think this is part of the right wing's misinformation machine to try to confuse people uh, about what the truth is. The truth is that the president, as he has said publicly for years, uh, calls his family every day to check in. He calls his son every day to check in. He calls his other family members to check in to see how they're doing. He loves them. There's, they're a tight-knit family. And so that's about a format of the particular book, and that really doesn't matter when it comes to whether or not government is banning a book. Okay, what, what, if, what if the government made a list of authors whose books it wanted banned and also went to all of the publishing houses in America, the government did, and said, do not publish the books by any of these authors or we will punish you. Is that a problem in the First Amendment? My hope is that the government would not be involved in the decisions of a private company. Good. I would hope so, too. But apparently that is not the case in the United States of America today under this administration because the hypotheticals I've just given you aren't hypotheticals at all. They've happened. And we know that they are happening. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals just ruled in a case, Missouri versus Biden. I'm sure you're all familiar with this. 
It's going to go down, I think, as a landmark case in the worst possible way in First Amendment law, because what the Court of Appeals found is that the White House, not just the federal government, but the White House actively coerced every major social media platform in America. Let me say that again. Every major social media platform in America to ban speech that the White House did not like. What are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about speech on the COVID-19 pandemic, speech on the 2022 congressional elections, speech related to mask mandates, speech related to vaccines. What did the White House do? Well, over a period of years, they met with on a regular basis the leaders of social media companies and demanded that the speech they did not like be taken down. They further demanded that these same social media companies amplify the White House's speech. Amazing. So take down all of this speech that we don't like, amplify our own speech. Unbelievable. What kind of speech are we talking about? Well, for example, not just public officials, but parents. Here's an example from my state, the state of Missouri. This is, I'm reading you from the opinion here. One parent who posted on nextdoor.com, which is a site operated by Facebook, posted an online petition to encourage his school to remain mask optional, found that his posts were removed without notifying him, and his friends never saw them. Another parent in the same school district who objected to mask mandates for school children responded to Dr. Fauci on Twitter and promptly received a warning from Twitter that his account would be banned if he did not delete the tweets criticizing Dr. Fauci's approach to mask mandates. These objections, amazingly, these, this censorship was taken at the direct behest of the federal government, the direct behest of the Biden administration. Professor Knox, is this a violation of the First Amendment? Only a judge can make that determination. And a judge... So this week, the White House, and because we don't have a media anymore, all right, come straight out and tell them, hey, you're going to reject this. You're going to reject the impeachment. This from a media and a party that impeached a guy twice for bullshit stuff they do all the time if we're talking specifically the January 6th violent rhetoric Politico journal just journal journal just came right out um, I think I got her like twice because she was very chatty on this because you know is it inappropriate? Not to these people. Um, just in White House issues memo to U.S. media leaders, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of the House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Impeachment is grave, rare, and historic. The Constitution requires treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. But House Republicans are publicly stating they have uncovered none of these things. After nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans have been able to turn up any evidence of the president doing anything wrong. The memo goes on to quote numerous Republicans stating there is no evidence to impeach Representative Don Bacon, 
clear evidence of high crimes misdemeanor, not just assuming they may have one. For years, Republicans in Congress have tried to muddy the waters by attracting media coverage of their allegations as if they choose to move forward with impeachment as its responsibility of the independent press to treat their claim with the appropriate scrutiny covering impeachment as a process story. Republicans say X, but the White House says Y is a disservice to the American public who relies on the independent press to house those in power accountable. I can't even do this without a smile on my face because are you fucking shit independent press and in the modern media environment where everyday liars and hucksters peddle disinformation and lies everywhere from facebook's to fox process stories that fail to unpack the illegitimate claims on white house republicans are basing all their actions only serve to generate confusion put false premise in people's feeds and obscure the truth i'm not reading anymore it goes on forever CNN has reported there are as many as 30 House Republicans don't believe there was enough evidence. CNN! They're, they're defending this. These are just two. I can do a hundred. He randomly spazzes and he basically says vets, Latinos, and blacks have to go in the military because we're uneducated. We not only recovered all the jobs we lost during the pandemic, we've added millions more. We've seen record lows in unemployment, particularly, and I've focused on this my whole career, particularly for African-Americans and Hispanic workers and veterans. You know, the workers without high school diplomas, the lowest unemployment rate in 70 years for women now. They're going to pay somewhere between 20 and 40 percent less than those other countries. Same exact drug made by the same exact company I mean what the fuck then you get in and and warning pornography if you're watching a video you're about to see pornography I tried to get the less graphic ones but you'll see a finger somewhere I guess I shouldn't show that picture so I'm gonna scan over it Daily Wire AP passed on a Democrat candidate from Virginia. AP was tipped off about it. And Daily Wire bombshell, Susan Gibson, the VA Dem, who talked about forcing unsuspecting hotel staff to take part in her porn and solicited payments on public live stream videos so users could watch me pee. Correspondence viewed by Daily Wire shows the AP just skipped on it. Is this the tape? Oh, no. I was going to say. Um, people responding to I'm going to flip through. So if you're offended by porn, I grabbed three screenshots. One is um, graphic. Here's uh, Washington Times. Hey, there is a PPTP tape, but it was a Democrat. That's her. That's a finger in the butt. That is her getting her vagina eaten out. I did it really quick, but it's real. That's her pictures. She is a porn star on Chatterbait. But CBS, New York Times, VA, after watching Post reveals she made porn with husband, they all support her like it's no big deal. And simultaneously, Joy Reid went on and once again, in a different manner, Uh, Conservatives are slave traders. 
Among those who did survive was my own maternal ancestor, a Fulani Muslim woman named Ihaba Wabusia, later a converted Christian renamed Michi Johnson. She was born in 1800 in Ghana, and as a six or seven-year-old was incarcerated in one of those slave castles in Ghana and shipped to present-day Guyana with her mom. She actually lived to be 106 years old. She died in 1906, 23 years before my own mother was born. This stuff is not ancient history, y'all. And history is fascinating, right? Americans should consider making it legal to teach in schools here. And the last thing I will add is that when you look at the sometimes violent history of organized religion, from the slave trade to the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition and the Salem witch trials to the religion-based conflicts and conquest in places like Israel-Palestine, or the emergence, again, per Robbie Jones, of right-wing Christianity-based white supremacy here in the U.S., it should not surprise you that the base of support for far-right policies on banning books and distorting history, on abortion, on LGBTQ issues, even support for cults like QAnon and the cult of personality around Donald Trump are grounded in religious extremism. So let me get this straight. It's a cult because they support Trump, but you cover up P-tapes, actual P-tapes, and you cover up a real crime and misdemeanor. I mean, I don't care how you look at this. I don't care what your what your politics are. It, this Biden thing is bad. Okay, this this isn't just this isn't hearsay. He he's on video saying he did shit over there in Ukraine, so his son can make money. I mean. Here are the nine scandals the media have totally ignored because he's got a D behind his name. Hunter business partner Eric Schweier visited the White House 19 times. Hunter bragged that Joe will do anything he wants. He thinks I'm a god. Smoking gun voicemail from Joe Biden to Hunter on Chinese dealings. Uh, we played it. We played it. Here, I want to play it again. I, I, I just, once again... How is this? How do you not cover this? There are new questions about an unverified report targeting Joe Biden's son. Last week, Giuliani and former Trump official Steve Bannon provided the New York Post with unverified emails, allegedly linking one of Hunter Biden's Ukrainian partners with a possible meeting with Joe Biden when he was vice president. Unverified emails about his business dealings. The story's sourcing has also raised questions about its authenticity. This is a questionably sourced story, to say the least, that appeared in a tabloid. Experts say the email cannot be authenticated. Some may have been altered or are fake. We have no idea whether or not the emails are legitimate. The president is trying to revive an old attack line using the vice president's son. He tried to... You impeached over a phone call. Biden did it in public. And then did it again. On the phone, caught literally telling another person to lie. Joe Biden, big guy, alias used by another one of Hunter business partners. Mark Zuckerberg admitted FBI told Facebook to censor Hunter Biden's laptop. Net censored Biden Burisma bribery scandal. Biden family used at least 20 LLCs to rake in over 20 million. That's all proven. Joe Biden sent 5,400 emails under a fake name. 
He showered with his daughter. He used the Secret Service to cover for his son and his gun felonies and using a credit card to buy a hooker. Uh, uh, that's all there. But the AP, we're, we're not having any of this. AP is just about progressives. That's what they're going for. It's gaining the mass majority. House Republicans have aggressively investigated Biden and his son, claiming without evidence, without evidence again. There are 20 examples of Joe Biden involvement in the family influencing. Devon Archer. I mean, we we put it on the show. I don't cover it in depth because it's fucking everywhere. It's obvious the motherfucker is crooked. Fact checking McCarthy's claim while launching Biden impeachment. That's what CNN put out. I mean, we're not going to. Then this came out, Axios, just before 2020 election, Biden and his campaign said that Hunter hadn't made money from China and that Biden had met one of Hunter's Ukrainian business associates during his vice president. But recent sworn testimony suggests he's lying. Democrats lost their shit because Axios reported. Then AP was so fired up, they went after McCarthy. I don't like this motherfucker, but I do like his reply. What impeachment inquiry is to do is to get answers to questions. Are you concerned about all the stuff that was just recently learned? Do you have any concern? Have you asked the White House any questions? Yes. Okay. Do you agree that, do you believe the president lied to the American public when he said he'd never talked to his son about business dealings? Yes or no? It's all right. I can't answer that. You, you can't answer that? Do you believe when they said the president went on conference calls? Do you believe that happened? That's what the testimony says. Okay. Yeah. Do you believe the president went to Cafe Milano and had dinner with the, with the clients of Hunter Biden, who believes he got those clients because he was selling the brand? That's what the testimony okay. says. Do you believe Hunter Biden, when you saw the video of him driving a Porsche, that he got $143,000 to buy that Porsche the next day? Do you believe the $3 million from the Russian oligarch that was transferred to the shell companies that the Bidens controlled after the dinner from Cafe Milano took place? So the testimony. Okay, then I go back. Do you think the president lied that he... When but he is said, that an impeachable? Is lying an impeachable? Well, you want, you want to know... I'm not saying impeachment. All I'm saying is I would like to know answer to these questions. The American public ought to know, and that's what impeachment inquiry provides. Their dissent defending so fucking hard... Rarely have you seen this, that he got charged with felony gun charge. You saw them saying it's just not fair. This is not fair. Nobody gets charged with this. Well, you put people in jail who didn't even go in the Capitol for 20 fucking years. I would say that's that's probably a bit much. Uh, uh, Miranda Devine, the latest Dem bot message is so hilarious. So this all happened eight years ago. Who cares? Move on. But eight years ago was when Joe Biden was the VP. That's the entire point. Just because the deep state cleanup slowed down exposure doesn't mean it didn't happen. Biden knew nothing about any of this. Okay, he knew about it, but there's no evidence he did anything wrong. Okay, maybe there's some evidence, but there's no direct evidence. Oh, there's direct evidence. So what? This is ancient history. He's too old to run again anyway. Somebody replied, story up. As impeachment drama begins, House investigators are zeroing on when VP Biden breakfast meeting with Hunter, Devon Archer, and Kazaa Bank officials at the VP residence. 
Think the media's going to cover it? No. Vice President Joe Biden meeting Hunter Biden's foreign business partner. November 2010, Joe Biden had a sit-down meeting with Eric Schweitzer. November 2011, Joe Biden with Chris. And this goes on and on, and we've covered it, and there's just so much proof. 2018, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, and 10. He was there. It's all proven. It's in logs. You can't say it's not there. You got an IRS whistleblower, Gary Shipley, contemporaneous notes, October 22 meeting where he alleged U.S. Attorney Weiss said he was not the decision maker on Hunter Biden charges. Weiss DOJ dispute read Weiss stated he is not the deciding person. There, There is so many fucking things in that, but they went after the whistleblowers, even though before whistleblowers under Trump, like fucking that Vinman cocksucker were the greatest people ever on planet Earth. Here's uh, Anna Gayer. I don't know who she is. CNN. New House Speaker McCarthy made several unproven claims Tuesday when announcing the opening of a formal impeachment inquiry on Biden Joe Biden. We fact-checked him. Unproven. Your fact-check literally admits everything McCarthy said was true and and here's a screen print that this guy pulled up it it's all true blah damn i mean this isn't rocket science he did it you knew he did it but Here is Schumer, and I think this is so fucking funny, because remember, they impeached him for J6. There was no proof. There's still no proof that he had anything to do with J6. And you edited tapes to say that he said, go kill my fa's, when he didn't actually say, kill my fa. So here is uh, Schumer first, and then... CNN, and I don't like Gates, but he's all over this bitch because she's a fucking lying cunt. Um, And I said it. Sorry, I don't care if she's black. It it doesn't deny that she's a cunt. She's a gigantic cunt. And then, so we don't have a break. I'll just go straight into uh, another reporter going after a Republican. And it's a little long, but this guy just said, you know, fuck you, because this is this is state-run media. This is like we're in Russia right now. They are. They just keep saying over and over, nothing's proven. And they keep doing Republican pounce. This is actually the New York Times news conference in Vietnam. Ignites his opponents. It didn't ignite his... I'm not his opponent. I'm not a Republican. He's a clusterfuck. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. The bottom line is, as we have said, you can only accomplish keeping the government open in a bipartisan way.
as to the quality of the evidence, though, I just have to say, I mean, we do have bank records, devices, laptops, travel records, changes in administration policy. Seems like pretty strong evidence not, to me. None of which links President Biden to Well, it was uh, Joe any, Biden on the phone. None of which he was calling into the meetings. Wait, Abby, are you actually trying to tell your viewers that, that you don't believe that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business deals? It's not it's about case. It's not about what I believe. It's about whether, whether there is evidence that President Biden is linked to the misdeeds that uh, might be linked to Hunter Biden. That's the issue. Uh, but I want to get a, back. That was I, I do want to. <laughs> no, okay, I mean, yes, ma'am. No, what actual evidence do you have, as opposed to allegations, to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you? Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, Th this isn't about political revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, or the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political revenge. It's because you don't report on it. No, 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 you're not, We're I don't reporting think, on it today. I'm not sure how you know what the American people think, but here's what they might wonder. Actually, if you're a federal prosecutor, you would be asking yourself, how can there not have been an indictment for a FARA violation against Hunter Biden? How can there possibly, I, my understanding, and con, con, uh, discussions with staff have confirmed my impulse, that this would be very much the the basis of a foreign of a um, uh, a foreign corrupt practices act investigation, uh, given the circumstances that we know. The question is, you know, it's funny. After we come out of the events of, for example, that John Durham, for example, testified to to our committees about how investigations proceeded through our investigative agencies without proper predication. It's not that you have to prove the case. It's not that you understand to this point, there's not been a single subpoena to a Hunter Biden bank account or a Joe Biden bank account or any other Biden family member's bank account. Because until an impeachment until an impeachment inquiry commences, that's not a jurisdictional possibility. Well, it would be stretching jurisdiction to do that. But there's ample predication at this point in time based on that very unusual set of circumstances, which is for no apparent payment for expertise or services rendered, Biden family members writ large received over $20 million. And to close the segment on sound bites, and you know, we got a jerk off section because you know the media is just, I picked the four cheeriest little, we love Joe Biden, he did nothing wrong shit. This motherfucker was on the Mueller investigation. And remember, Mueller investigation clearly found they were fucking around in Ukraine, that Hillary was, it wasn't Trump. Then they destroyed all the evidence of them finding shit that they weren't going to report, and they came up with, well, Trump didn't do anything wrong. But the media never acknowledged it. So he was one of the prosecutors on it. Listen to this bullshit. 
Andrew, it's Jonathan. Let's get your assessment of, of, of this of this charge uh, in terms of how common or it is that someone would be actually charged with this. Um, and then secondly, you know, even if we're adding tax charges to it, as you suspect may happen, sketch us out for us the likelihood of this going to trial, and if so, when? Sure. Um, the way I look at this is when the former president was charged uh, in the, the four separate indictments that exist, a legitimate question that people could and did ask was whether he was being treated comparably to other people. In other words, is there, is there a precedent for other people being charged in, in like circumstances? And in the January 6th case, it was an easy call because scores and scores of people have been charged um, for doing less than the former president. Uh, the same thing in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. So that there was, you could look to how other people had been charged um, and say this is consonant and consistent with the rule of law. I do not think that is possible in the Hunter Biden case to say that. This mm -hmm. this really strikes me as an abuse of the just the enormous discretion that a prosecutor has in deciding not just can you bring a charge, because here you obviously can do it, there is probable cause that a grand jury found, but should you be bringing the charges? Um, and You can't have different standards it's how a country falls apart this is ian milhauser i worry the biden is old coverage is starting to take on the same character as the 2016 but her email coverage find something that is generally suboptimal about the democratic candidate and dwell on it endlessly to balance coverage of the criminal in charge of the gop that's what he said so basically trump sucks worse and then I wasn't going to play this, but in fact, I'm not. I, I just, I can't play these fucking idiots. You've got Republicans talking about these people that killed cops on 1-6, calling them again. If you don't think so, ask family, okay? Ask family who killed the cops. Yeah, they brought 1-6 back. No cop was killed. There was no cops killed. You lied. Joe, this is a reporter for the Washington Post. Paper of fucking record. Democracy dies in the dark. Impeachment is something we undertake only for serious crimes and misdemeanors because the president is a Democrat, and that makes us mad. That's exactly what they were told to say. The thing is, what she failed to remember, but we do because we don't you know you can suppress google that was on january 20 2017 the campaign to impeach trump begins now that was his inauguration day wapo put that up i mean I, Mic drop. Go fuck yourself. You got CNN going to that aid guy and letting him, or it was PBS, letting him say whatever the fuck he wants. 
Here's Steve Schmidt, who was vital. He's part of that stupid cabal that hated Trump. Impeaching President Biden is another front in the insurrection that caused death and violence on January 6th. The action is part of an assault on the rule of law that has been continuous, sustained, and ongoing for seven long years. America is under attack. Yes, it is, by you guys. Time. Biden's Republican pursuers have got exactly zero zip on either of any matter that might be impeachable. Impeachable experts say Biden inquiry may be the weakest in U.S. history. Are you, you sure you want to go with that? You impeached him for January 6th when he was already out of office. He, he was out. He wasn't in office and you impeached him. So you got a media jerk off on this. Sorry, Matt. I know you hate the sound bites, but that, this is just one of those times you have to. Dale repeatedly falsely claims no public evidence. They think they say it. It's going to work. Dana Bash, the consuming of media is bad for Joe. And that's why this impeachment can go forward. Um, well, I think I put the Chalene last. Yeah, I did the Chalene last. Let me get the next one because this is some good sucking. Uh, Joey. Joey Reed. Ode to Bayan. Joey from Scranton who likes ice cream. Uh, they think if they do that, that'll actually work. Char- uh, Chalene marvels on unbelievable Biden story amid hunters and Biden. Remember, this was the shining light, the malls putting the hug around you on Inauguration Day, guy. And... There'll be a pause. And this week, they've gone into overdrive with their influencer, the Sasan kid. Republicans put out a message about 9-11, but then vote against the policy. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. Then he goes on a tweet screen. These are all fed to him. Public parley is utter embarrassment to this country. They want to impeach President Biden for nothing. They have no evidence, no testimony, and no reason to push forward with this. It's an abuse of power, and it's going to backfire badly. Now, I, I agree it will backfire because the media will not help. I mean, that's how you get away with it. That's how the Democrats got away with two that were bullshit. He cites Fetterman. Then he goes, for the record, Gen Z supports President Biden and his administration overwhelmingly. Young people will turn out to vote for him in 2024. Biden has passed historic policy. Nobody should overlook that. It's actually proven that the young are not backing him, Sasan. You get paid to. It's totally different. I mean, if I got paid, I'd, I'd back him too. I'm not surprised Republicans want to impeach President Biden. We all know that having no evidence for never stop Republicans from doing something before. This kid is like 12. How do you say shit like that? You don't know. It looks like Republican impeachment of President Biden is already over. In 2020, Trump's DOJ put out a binding legal opinion and says impeachment inquiries without House votes are invalid. This legal opinion is still in place and active. Ken McCarthy cannot ignore House votes. Republican impeachment. Blah. Blah, President Biden age is not a real issue for 2024. It's something the Republicans made up to attack him. The claim is not fact-based. Will be the last soundbite you hear from this guy whose balls just descended yesterday. I am a Republican, the media jerk-off of the week. 
Let's take a close, closer look now at Speaker McCarthy's allegations about Biden and the facts as we know them. Seen as Daniel Dale here to walk us through the facts of it all. Let's begin with claim number one from McCarthy. Have a listen. We know that bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shale companies. All right, $20 million, various shale companies. What are the facts? Jim, I think it's important to take a closer look at the specific language mm -hmm. that Speaker McCarthy is using here. Notice he said Biden family members and associates. Didn't say $20 million to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Well, because Republicans, like everyone else in the world, have not presented any evidence, and apparently not found any evidence, that Joe Biden himself got any of this money. And we can di disentangle this language further. He didn't just say $20 million to Biden family members. He said $20 million to Biden family members and associates. Well, a Washington Post analysis found that the majority of that money, about two-thirds, went to these associates. So not even Hunter Biden, but people outside the family, two steps removed, if, if, if not more, and from the president. Who exactly are those associates? They're, they're various people, uh, Hunter Biden's business partners, mm -hmm. for example, people who don't have much of, a, much of a public reputation, but not only not the president, but, but some of it not Understood. to the son. to separate the Hunter Biden of it all from the Joe Biden of it all. But at its heart, the allegation, which we can say, and we're going to say umpteen times in the, until they produce something, does not have evidence that we've seen to back it up, is that they're connected and that Hunter Biden somehow influenced Joe Biden, particularly when he was vice president, not now. Let's look at a poll that, David, I know you talked about extensively when it came out about how people view Biden's potential alleged involvement in Hunter Biden's business. Do you believe that Biden had any involvement or not? Uh, if you look at the numbers there, it is pretty astounding. 61% say yes, 38% say no. And that's largely based on the consuming of media, I'm sure, and, and just hearing drip, 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 not because they've actually seen evidence because we haven't. Yep. So here's the thing. Comer abandoned an investigation opened by Democrats into Trump improperly profiting off the presidency. He also killed a separate inquiry into the business dealings of Jared Kushner with the Saudis because they don't they don't care about actually corruption. They only care about hurting Joe Biden politically ahead of the next election. Because as Simon Rosenberg pointed out on this program last night, they clearly don't think that they can beat him without making him as dirty as Trump. But here's the problem. They're not starting from scratch with some unknown politician. They're starting with Joe Biden. You know, Joey from Scranton who likes ice cream Corvettes, Ray-Bans, and his family. Biden has been around for decades. His brand ain't new. And that's precisely why Barack Obama picked him as his vice president. He's the 29-year-old who was sworn in as a senator in a hospital next to his two young sons after their mother and sister were killed in a tragic car accident. A major, major news story at the time. He's the guy who chaired the Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearing of Clarence Thomas. That's in the 90s, by the way. He's the guy who pressured Republicans back in 1993 to help pass an assault weapons ban. He's the guy who, back in 2007, destroyed Rudy Giuliani's presidential ambitions by saying, quote, there's only three things Rudy mentions in a sentence, a noun, a verb, and 9-11. He's the guy who helped President Obama pass one of the most important piece of health care legislation in American history.
There's the political uh, for him, and there is the personal. The political, obviously, this is an unwelcome development for any uh, White House. As we said, it's the first time ever a president's child is indicted on criminal charges. Nobody would want that. It is an unwelcome development for this campaign season that is getting underway. It's a distraction from what the White House and his team would want to focus on. But it is hard not to think about the personal for Joe Biden as well. And just where this fits into this unbelievable Biden story yeah. of the last 51 years. You know, he yeah. just remember, he has buried two children. Yeah. So he understands pain. And this is a painful day for Joe Biden, no doubt, but probably not pain like that, right? Uh, and in fact, when his young daughter and his first wife died in the car crash, his two young boys, Hunter and Bo, were hospitalized, and he almost didn't take up the post that he was elected to as a young United States senator, wanting to be with them and, and, and raise them. And so they have been, th th these two boys were like the centerpiece of his life. He goes to the highest heights, he gets to the vice presidency. His son, Bo, dies as Attorney General of Delaware of a, a brain cancer. And then as he's about to launch a presidential campaign and achieve his lifelong career dream, they are dealing with the ramifications of Hunter's drug addiction and how all of his troubles are gonna play into the campaign and consider that into their political calculation. Remember, the, the Jill and Joe Biden put out a public statement when Hunter Biden began a relationship with his brother's widow and they actually like publicly yeah. addressed that prior to the campaign. There have been more emotional ups and downs for this family. See, this is one of the most disgusting and disrespectful things we've seen Republicans do today on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. You know, Republicans like Lauren Boebert put out statements on social media saying we will never forget showing the lights where the Twin Towers used to be. Republican Representative Andy Biggs said today we remember the lives lost in that heinous attack 22 years ago. We will never forget. Republican Andrew Clyde said 22 years later we remember the innocent lives lost and honor the heroic first responders. And those messages are all very nice, but what are those? Republicans have in common. Oh, that's right. They all voted against money for the families of 9-11 victims. Yeah, that's right. And it wasn't just those three Republicans. There were 27 more Republicans in the House of Representatives who did that. Here's just a short list of those Republicans, including Lauren Boebert and the other Republicans I just touched on. But it really just angers me. And I know a lot of you folks feel the same when we see Republicans putting out messages like this, and then they're voting against policy that would have helped the families of the victims of that tragic day. You'd think that helping the families Families is something that both parties can agree on, right? But no, plenty of Republicans voted against that help. It's awful. I keep seeing people talk about President Biden's age in the media. So now is a great time to remind everybody that the issue of President Biden's age, you know, that he's too old to serve and be president, is an issue entirely made up by Republicans. And what I mean by that is Republicans have nothing on President Biden. He's passed so many pieces of amazing policy that the majority of Americans support and that even Republicans voted for. They know they can't attack him for that stuff because it's a losing strategy. So what do the Republicans do? They make stuff up about him. They made stuff up about Biden's age, his son, his family. It never ends because they have to have something to attack him on. And the way you know that the attacks on Biden's age are made up by Republicans is that they're not coming from reliable sources, right? Like nobody who's worked in the White House, no White House aides, no White House cabinet officials, no foreign leaders, no doctors, nobody who's worked close to President Biden has ever come out and said, yeah, his age is a problem. It's hindering his ability to be president. It is quite literally 
only coming from the Republican side because they want to try to discredit President Biden and they have nothing else to attack him on. And look, I want to make it clear that I think it's perfectly okay to ask questions about your leader's age. I don't think you're a bad person if you do so. That's not what I'm saying. But just understand that the prevailing narrative about Biden's age, that he's too old to serve, is not actually coming from any reliable source or any authoritative figure. It's coming from Republicans who want to attack President Biden. For the record, I, I've been podcasting for a really long time. Yelling doesn't make it factual. It actually doesn't actually make it factual. He then comes in with, I'm 100% behind him and Gen Z, and that was his thing for a day. But here's the problem. Americans are watching the two form of justice. And why I think that uh, the polls are tied isn't because Trump's a great guy. Nobody wants to vote for Trump. They just are done with the Democrats. Here is Glenn Greenwald, self-identified communist for the ADL. The soft DNC leftist spent the whole week insisting that their support for the ADL as censorship campaign against months didn't mean they actually liked the ADL. This new candor should be cathartic and make them feel better. They are using everything to maintain power. Here is the CIA rewarded multiple analysts with significant financial incentives to change their COVID origin conclusion from a lab leak to Zonus, according to a highly credible whistleblower. So they paid people to lie. It's just like the article a couple podcasts ago. If you just say what you want, you get printed, and that's where our media is now. So these people are scientists, supposedly, the CIA goes, we're going to give you fucking money. They scared the shit out of them. And yeah, here's other reasons why people don't want Democrats. Seattle is lawless. Sheriff David Robinson, when I asked about spike in violence, I'd recommend people just hand their keys to the carjacker. That's what he said. The three guys that were indicted for the kidnapping plot that was done by the FBI informants, because there was three of them in the team, yeah, they all got acquitted. Remember, they used that because, you know, police, and we watched this channel on YouTube. You can see ABC7. They just watched a motherfucker steal a car. Yeah, that's great. Nike permanently shutters the Portland store. That's where the fucking shoes are made. And they shutter it. And then lastly, the abuse of the DOJ and FBI. This is Zork on CNN, because CNN has everybody that comes from Washington go straight to fucking CNN and is part of the state media that CNN is. This motherfucker says that the FBI needs protection against the American people. If we are too timid in the way we talk about this, I mean, these are threats to terrorize people who are public servants doing their jobs for a political purpose. Um, are we, we see something, are we saying something and are we saying the right thing? Uh, well, in my opinion, we're not doing enough. I mean, look, when push comes to shove, the absolutely the FBI and DOJ need to band together and protect their personnel to allow them to do their job. They're going to do it, but they need to be able to do that without fear for their lives. When the FBI was fighting Al Capone, there was not a unit dedicated to protecting FBI personnel. When the FBI was fighting organized crime families in New York and all around the U.S., there was not a unit dedicated to protecting FBI personnel. I'm struck by the fact you, you threw up that quote from uh, testimony from an FBI agent to the House Judiciary Committee. Who's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee? Jim Jordan. 
And yet Jim Jordan hearing that these threats to this AUSA are resulting are, are coming about from being publicized. He nevertheless goes on television and, you know, appears in the same, you know, little snips that you showed repeating the name of this AUSA. It's just absurd that that person is so fucking absurd. Um, he should be in jail, but he's a lefty, so, you know, he's he's on CNN. He, he lost his job and made more. This is CNN also. America, Americans have never been wealthier. That's the kind of shit you will push when you are bat-fucking-shit-crazy. Just bat-shit crazy. Which brings us to more crazy Biden stuff. Here, we're going to hear Biden... Um, and I think I jerked it around. So hold on a second. I got to fix it. I, I dorked it up. Biden literally saying he was born and raised in the synagogue. The, the synagogue. The synagogue. But I, I thought he was born and raised in a Latino culture. I mean, that's what I remember. And then Granholm decides uh, to run her mouth again about uh, energy. Remember, she has illegal stock trades and everything. What is the agency doing to encourage any decrease in gas prices, Secretary? We don't have an impact on the market. Like drilling in Anwar? No, that has nothing to do with the price today. And They get away with this shit all the time. I, uh, I might say raised in uh, the uh, synagogues of my state. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I'm not. <clears throat> but back in Wilmington, Delaware, Bash Shalom was the home of countless friends for me. What is the agency doing to encourage any, any decrease in those prices? Well, we don't have, obviously the prices are met on, a, on the private sector, on a market. So we don't have direct impact on that market. Like killing drilling in Anwar. No, that has nothing to do with the price today. That's interesting. And then the other crime that Biden has done, his administration has done since he went into office is the border. And Chip Roy is going to go off on an activist here. You're then going to hear the opening statement by Tim Ballard in reference to um, how bad the border is. But this is from Bill McGowan. That is in Ajo, Arizona, being detained in an outdoor border patrol holding area. Yesterday, as Tucson, Arizona sector is overwhelmed and CBP facilities there over capacity. The sector has been approximately 2,000 crossings per day for the last three days. And the entire world asks, where the fuck is AOC? Well, you're going to hear AOC getting shouted the fuck down in our border block. Where are those 1.6 million gotaways? They are most likely at different places in the United States. Who are they? Working and living. Who are they? Well, there are probably people from different countries around the probably. world. Probably. Probably. People from all around well, the world. They are from different countries around right. the world, yes, sir. Yeah. How many different countries? Uh, well, if the data that we have uh, about those who are apprehended is any indication, a uh, large number of countries, probably about uh, 162 of them from all over the world? Probably, yes, sir. Right. You willing to bet your family's life, my family's life, on the safety of, in our country, 
irrespective of who these individuals are when you don't even know who they are? Uh, yes, sir. The chance of dying from a foreign-born terrorist attack since 1975 I'm sure is 1.4 sure, million per Mr. Narasta, I'm sure that is great comfort to the families of the people from 9-11. Because when you sit here and testify that zero people have committed a terrorist attack from crossing our border, I'm sure that is comfort to the people who had terrorist attacks committed by people who came here and overstayed their visas. It is the no fact comfort the matter is, The fact of the, the matter victim. is, when you talk about having an open border, and you minimize the open border by saying that people have to pay $5,000 to come here in that open border, you're ignoring the fact of what that does to human beings when it is in fact so open that that's exactly what's happening. I'm sure that your position is great comfort to the man in Baltimore who was being held up for ransom for $23,000 so that his little girl wouldn't get raped in a stash house in Fort Worth. Have you talked to that little girl or to that father? Was he a terrorism suspect? Have you talked to that father, Mr. Narasta? No, I'm not aware of that terrorism case. What was his name? Have you talked to that father whose little girl was being raped in a stash house? No, I haven't. Is this right. a terrorism-related so you know, issue? I'm answering. This scene depicts a moment from my real life I'll never forget. I was working for the Department of Homeland Security out of Calexico, California, and I can tell you firsthand that the only reason we were able to save this precious little boy was due to the fact that they had to take him across the border at a port of entry checkpoint because the border walls compelled them to do so. The horrors a child faces as a victim of human trafficking demand that we take action. A child can be sold up to 20 times a day, six days a week, for 10 years or even longer, depending when the abuse began. Just in 2022 alone, immigration authorities encountered more than 152,000 unaccompanied minors at or near the U.S.-Mexico border, representing an all-time high. I believe every member of this committee and every good and people everywhere can agree that human trafficking is a plague and an evil that must be eradicated. Evidence of this can be seen in the response to the movie Sound of Freedom based on my life story, which has been a surprise box office success and is sparking a national conversation on child sex slavery and trafficking, the fastest growing criminal enterprise on the planet. The conclusions I offer in this testimony are based on my professional experience as an anti-trafficking operator. After starting my professional career with the CIA, I transferred to the Department of Homeland Security. At DHS, I spent 12 years as a special agent and undercover operator for Homeland Security Investigations. After leaving the federal government, I have continued the fight against human trafficking, first as the founder and CEO of the organization Operation Underground Railroad, and now as a senior advisor to the Spear Fund, which is an organization that funds and collaborates with experts, organizations, and concerned citizens around the globe to fight and end human trafficking. Traffickers use our southern border to bring slaves into our country for the sex industry because the United States is one of the highest consumers in child sex abuse material in the world. Our federal agents who work at the southern border are women and men of the highest integrity and dedication. Yet despite the hard work and success agents on the ground, one thing has become vividly clear. Poor U.S. border security and broken U.S. policy are feeding the growth of human trafficking in the United States. One way this is seen is the absence of physical barriers on our border. I have personally seen how ports of entry were responsible for helping rescue a child, catch a sexual predator, and start a chain of events that rescued multiple children from his abuse. On the other hand, I've spoken with survivors who were trafficked by cartels, 
taking advantage of the miles of unprotected U.S. border. In one case in particular, a young woman was brought across the border at an area where no barriers or protections existed. Once in the U.S., she was sold and raped for money up to 30 to 40 times a day for five years before eventually escaping herself. She shared with me the tragic conclusion that had her captors been forced to attempt a crossing into our country. With that? Yes, and ultimately I think that there are three points of consensus here that are very important in getting a solution to this issue. The first is that there is, there is consensus here across geography and states on increased federal resources. Good for Chip Roy, because I gotta, you know, this is just the epitome of seriously dereliction of duty by the President of the United States and the media. And it, it just is so ingrained. I'm going to play a soundbite of them catching a migrant killer. Ain't that some shit. It was <laughs> a soundless soundbite that he actually clipped. Is it necessary to continuously point out that Daniel Ocaviti, who was just captured in Pennsylvania, is an illegal immigrant? Isn't this the same as labeling a criminal as being mega supporter or Democrat? Facts show that America's sisters are arrested at a higher rate than illegals and blah, blah, blah. And he goes on and on and the whole world goes, illegal immigrant is a crime. Political party is not. So yes, it's irrelevant. It's just highlighting the fact that never should have been here in the first place. So the crime was 100% avoidable. Pointing out he's an illegal immigrant is relevant because properly implemented immigration policy would stop this fiasco. And more importantly, what nobody hit and what that guy knows and nobody wants to talk about, we don't even track them as illegals. Federal government doesn't even track it. All the DUIs, murders, killing people. We don't cover it. Then the AP, the rising temperatures of the oceans could be a big impact on some of the most important ocean predators and some of the most com commercially important seafood species. New York could soon require people selling their homes disclose whether their properties have been flooded. The UN report on progress and lack of it in the fight against climate change shows the world's way off track. It also details a fast, big transformational need to return to safer paths. As climate change ratchets up temperatures across the U.S., nearly 30 million Americans are grappling with enduring perilous heat. These are all individual, just the AP this week. A dangerous mix of high winds, low humidity, and dry vegetation appear to be driving Maui's devastating fire. What wasn't covered? Oh, that climate people took over banks and museums. And we're not arrested.
going to cover that why would we cover that we're going to go into a six to nine round burst you're going to hear the navy current navy secretary saying that tuberville is aiding and abetting the enemy and then a rather long soundbite um it's up to 17 minutes uh spread up i'm gonna try to edit it down it's just really hard to get um all the segments i'll just take the last one off so it'll be seven minutes this is the new one talking about social shit and everything and all the Dems trying to show that she's worthy, all right, of the position, even though she wasn't the one that anybody asked for. They're doing it because she has a vagina, which I think is really funny because... The reality is, we're not supposed to have vaginas and shit. Remember, we don't exist. There is no, there's no fucking genders and shit, man. That's what you guys fucking say. But she's getting it because she has a vagina. Stop. You know, Jake, someone, forgive me, for someone who was born in a communist country, I would have never imagined that actually one of our own senators would actually be aiding and abetting communists and other autocratic regimes around the world. This is having a real negative impact and will continue to have a real negative impact on our combat readiness. And that's what the American people truly need to understand. And uh, well, thank you, Chairman Reed, uh, of course, Ranking Member Wicker for holding this hearing. And I'd really like to thank Admiral Franchetti for your service to our country and uh, for meeting me this week because, you know, you have served our nation with distinction and honor. I want to acknowledge your husband, Jim, your daughter, Isabel, who also serve our nation as a military family. And I want to underscore, I know we've all talked about it, some of your accomplishments, your professional accomplishments. It's evidence of how qualified you are, Admiral Franchetti, to serve as Chief of Naval Operations. Admiral Franchetti began her naval career as a service for fair officer, serving on numerous ships in critical roles. During her time as a flag officer, she served all over the world in crucial roles, both inside and outside the Pentagon. Most notably, she has led the Navy's forces in both Europe and Africa as the head of the U.S. Sixth Fleet, and she has commanded not one, but two carrier strike groups at the same time. Admiral Franchetti, your deeply impressive career uh, history is evidence that you are clearly well qualified to serve as Chief of Naval Operations and will break barriers, as I want to say, I am so proud, the first woman to ever serve on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. But this is about more than making, just making history. This is about making our nation stronger, having diverse experiences and backgrounds in the rooms where decisions are made well, that makes us stronger and will make our military stronger. And it's past time that we have the first woman on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. 
and any efforts to stall or block this nomination, this role from being filled, will only hurt our military readiness. It will embolden our adversaries and harm our military families, your family. And that's why I call on the senator from Alabama to stop the political games and let us confirm you, Admiral Franchetti, along with the hundreds of other qualified nominees in the same way we've done for years. I look forward to that vote. Now I want to turn to quality of life at Fallon Naval Air Station. We talked about that because we are so proud to host Naval Air Station Fallon. It's home to Top Gun, our nation's premier carrier air wing, and SEAL training centers. While its location provides the necessary range space to ensure the fleet is deployable and operationally ready, the base is considered. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Senator Rosen. Senator Kramer, please. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, um, uh, Admiral, uh, for being here for our conversation the other day. Thank you for your service. Thank you to your family as well. Um, when we all say it, we really all do mean it individually and collectively. We just want you to know. So thank you for that. Um, what I wanted to delve into has been pretty thoroughly covered, but maybe I'll just step back. It was, it was interesting, as you could tell, the discussion that began with Senator Wicker as it relates to particularly, specifically to AUKUS, and then as it got you know, broadened, I think, a little bit with Senator um, King talking about um, you know, shipbuilding in general, particularly the places he's been. And by the way, I very much appreciated your, your comment about the national call to service. That, that the call to service isn't just the military, it's, it's the entire value chain. And, um, and we talked a little bit about mission, and, and maybe we could expand a little bit on that. And, but I especially appreciated then Senator Keynes bringing a, more of a dynamic relationship or, or perhaps outcome if the next responsibility of Congress is, is, um, you know, is taken seriously. How does all of, how do our geopolitical friends and alliances actually add more value than just 1.2 to 2.2, um, you know, Virginia's uh, class subs per year. I, I just, I just I want to give you another minute to maybe elaborate a, a little more on that because I think particularly in the workforce piece of it, um, you you had some pretty profound things to say about how we can perhaps at least give it our best, right, to to uh, to step things up so that we're meeting our needs as well as the needs of our allies. Well, thank you again, AUKUS, and I appreciate your time and our conversation the other day. You know, I am focused on, you know, building relationships uh, with all of our allies and partners. Again, they are a strategic advantage, and the more that we can work with them uh, and share information, build interoperability, the stronger uh, our nation and our Navy and all of our militaries will be. AUKUS is a particularly uh, great once-in-a-generation uh, opportunity to knit together these three really capable allies who we already work with uh, moving forward. But as we look uh, about to the national call of service and we think about things like navies where you may only know about the navy if you live in a coastal state where there's a naval base or near uh, a big naval air station, uh, we really do need to get our people out and about to have a conversation with America uh, about everything that the navy can offer them and focusing on our mission, our enduring mission of sea control, power projection, uh, deterrence and sea lift, as I mentioned earlier, as well as maritime security. I think that excites people uh, about what we do, and we'll be able to bring people not only into the Navy, but into our defense industrial base, where we also need capability 
to maintain and deliver our submarines. We've got lots of opportunities uh, to get out there into the high schools and middle schools even with a STEM programs, a Sea Perch or RoboSub, or we have many other initiatives. And again, I think people getting excited uh, about national defense will help us, not only for the military, uh, but also for the nation. Well, I do come from the center of the North American continent, literally. We have a monument to prove it. Um, and, and there are many patriotic sailors from North Dakota, including some admirals and, and, and whatnot. But um, I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I want to help um, advocate and facilitate that, even in the middle of the, of, the, of the continent. So thank you for that. I want to wrap up with, with something I didn't intend to do. But I, I'm sorry that so many of my colleagues want to drag uniformed officers into the, their political fights. And I'm sorry that that had to happen to you a little bit ago. Um, but Senator Warren said, it is clear that Republicans don't care about our servicemen and women and their families. It's clear that we don't care about our adversaries and their allies. Do you believe that? That Republicans don't care about you and your families? I mean, that was, that's a blanket statement that she made. As a member of the military, I believe that everyone in Congress supports uh, everyone in our military. Uh, as I said in my opening statement, I thank everyone for their support to our Navy sailors, our families, uh, and our civilians. I appreciate that. Um, and then I'm going to ask you this question. Is it your understanding that if Secretary Austin were to lift or rescind the rule to have the military pay for access to abortions, that Senator Tuberville would lift his hold and we could, we could go back to, to uh, uh, unanimous consent uh, confirmations. Is that your understanding that if that one person, the Secretary of Defense, would rescind that order, that we'd, be, we'd get exactly what our Democratic friends say they want? Uh, I don't want to speak for... They are milking this, and understand, for the record, General Caslin and the other general was in the 101st, Ted Kennedy stopped their promotions forever until he died because a gay guy beat a gay guy and murdered him. It was a gay guy for a gay guy over a pre-transition woman. But because it happened on his watch, they stopped it. Dems do this all the time over stupid shit. And this is, once again, in, in, in relation to the fact that you're saying a woman has the right just to go on permissive TDY because she feels like it. Odds of shutdown and missed paychecks from troops grow amid chaos in the House. This is the military. Military media. Who will be the pres president's top military advisor after Millie leaves. This was a whole article in military.com that didn't go the way they thought it would. Literally saying, hey, Tuberville hasn't stopped anything. This is all a lie. Me, well, I, I penned this. I'm still independent. I've been retired since 2005, but if I learned anything in my 20 years, it was soldiers serve whoever is this commander-in-chief and not vocalize any support for any party or cause. Millie truly is an embarrassment to the uniform. His political comments, especially Nazi references, are inappropriate. Tumper's horrible, yes. January 6th was horrible, but so was Benghazi. So was Clinton's infidelity and lies while court-martialing senior officers for infidelity. Bush was embarrassing. Right now, Biden continually saying his kid died in Iraq is unacceptable. None of that matters. We serve or us enlist 
enlisted members serve for the sink, even if they are a piece of shit. Millery's conduct is like a general officer pushing religious dictums in regards to homosexuality in the 80s or any other tenets in regards to political ideology. For fuck's sake, if a general did those things now, they'd be court-martialed. Yet, Millie is lionized by the media, even you, task and purpose, because our society has jumped the shark and allowed politics to seep into every facet of our government, even departments that by law are to be apolitical. Hell, look at Kirby now. Was an officer now spins lies about Iran for Biden, Iran who helped facilitate 9-11, Iran who financed IEDs that killed our brothers and sisters. Officer Corps is banking on Dems forever in charge of Washington. The pendulum always swings back. And if officers start spouting conservative idioms, all this Millie love won't be forwarded to them. Nope. Task and purpose will be op-edding why officers need to go back to being apolitical. It brought me to this shit. And I, I don't remember it, but it was in 2019... And Joker came out, and they, they were pushing the military to say things to their soldiers because of incel violence. We were already tilting in a 19. U.S. to send depleted uranium rounds to Ukraine. This is totally inappropriate. So what did CBS run? General Milley on seeing through the fog of war in Ukraine. How is he seeing through it? It's a clusterfuck. Iran is losing, or, or Ukraine is losing. Military.com, racial inequities and military health system. Get the fuck out of here. It's horrible for everybody. Marine sentenced to community service probation for capital riot. Still waiting for people who did, you know, Floyd violence. How the U.S. Army made the world's toughest sandwich. I'm not going to read the article. I would just say straight up across the board, my God, I didn't know they took shelf stable and they made sandwiches and now they're hot pockets. Motherfucker, I can't find it. So going into a quick woke because we're way over on time. You're going to hear a soundbite of a interview with O'Donnell. And I thought uh, DeSantis handed himself really well in this because it was a fucking total far, especially the don't say gay bullshit. And then you'll have a short uh, bumper break to hear Randy Weingarten. Listen to parental rights and school choice advocates or likens parental rights and school choice advocates to segregationists. She says the words choice and parental rights are the same kind of words that there were a reaction in Brown versus Board of Education for Black People. I shit you fucking not. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. There is new data out that the number of abortions in Florida has actually increased and increased since Dobbs. For those who oppose abortion rights, is it time to enact a national ban on abortion? Well, the the, the issue with Florida is that 
the southeastern states um, have very, very strong pro-life laws. Florida is, is litigating under a 15-week, and so we have become against our wishes, a destination. Now, we've also done the Heartbeat Protection Act, uh, which would go into effect once the courts clear this, which I think would probably uh, stop the whole abortion tourism thing. So we don't want to be an abortion tourism destination. Why won't you answer that question? What do you mean? About why well, I, I support, you would support a federal I support pro-life policies. I'll be a pro-life president. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've got to chart the course and be honest with people about, okay, how do you advance the ball like we did in Florida? And the way you do that uh, is really bottom up. We asked the governor whether the penalties mentioned in Florida's six-week ban would include women. We have no criminal penalty. The, the penalties are for the physician. I mean, a lot of these governor, women Governor, I read are the bill. It says just this. It does include jail time and fines for, quote, any person who willfully performs or actively participates in a termination right. of pregnancy. And that's for the providers. That is not for the women. Is a woman not actively participating in the termination of no, her pregnancy? No, because she, she's not a medical practitioner. So there are so no women. So you are women. not for criminalizing no, women? No, no, absolutely not. Those same words that you heard in terms of um, warning segregation post Brown v. Board of Education, those same words you hear today. It's not, you know, I, I was I was kind of gobsmacked when I was on the I was talking to Southern Poverty Law Center and they showed me the same words, choice, um, parental rights, and attempt to divide parents versus teachers. In that point it was white parents versus um, other parents, but it's the same. Replies to that shitbag. If Randy is actually interested in addressing modern day segregation in schools, she should unequivocally condemn the practice of racially segregated affinity groups and healing circles. And she goes to break down a million things that they do with kids now pushing the race based stuff. This is a mural. Uh, Weaponize your privilege to save black bodies. We're getting some mural addressed to white people since they're ones with all the privilege, but we're not all sure how to weaponize that privilege. Where is this located? Iowa State. Iowa State. God, it's just it's fucking everywhere, man. You can't you can't get away from it. It is like in the middle of a cornfield, somebody's protesting. Uh, that's my theory on all this. It's really kind of crazy. And that takes us to uh, MSNBC. Soft bigotry showing among leftists who criticize Camilla Harris. And this conversation right here, it, if it was done by Fox, would be racist. about David Ignatius. He wrote a column. He's, not, he's like a foreign policy writer, but suddenly he comes out with a column saying Biden should step aside and really kick Kamala Harris off of the ticket as well. Yeah, I mean, look, David Ignatius is one of the most well-respected foreign policy columnists out there. He's well-sourced around the world. 
I think the issue here is that what is outlined in that column or the way I read it is the conversation that's happening sometimes at dinner parties in places like Washington and New York and LA and San Francisco. That's not unimportant. There are important people at those conversations, yeah. but those are not the conversations happening on college campuses and at kitchen tables across the country. And those are the people who are going to elect the next president, yeah. not the dinner parties. So that's not, you talk to anybody in Cornell does focus groups all the time, who is working in the Biden world, the DNC working on campaigns. The concern about Kamala Harris being on the ticket on. is not a real thing that comes up in these focus groups. It's not in polling. It is a concern in the right wing and one that is repeated because you know, Democrats can often be concerned and bedwetted. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, I explain one thing? No, yeah, 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 okay, go please. I think some of the soft bigotry is showing in the progressives. I really do. I think when you look at the way they've come after this woman of color, right? Women always have to work harder than men. I don't have to tell you two that. But a woman of color it, with power, I think she's threatening. And I think some of some of the some of the soft bigotry. So of course, every thing said on MSNBC is technically fucking racist as shit, but nobody seems to care about it. This one a BLM activist destroyed a woman's life that she made up a hoax about her being racist, and now she gets rewarded with the Dove Partnership. Stop giving your money to woke companies who openly hate you. Dove Partnership with BLM activists to promote fat liberation. So when you go to it, but even though Brian had been praised for her work with Black Lives Matter and getting the Robert E. Lee statue taken down in Charlottesville, she has also come to fire in recent months for her efforts to get a white student named Morgan Bettinger suspended from campus. She claimed Bettinger referred to BLM protesters as good speed bumps in the summer of 2020, only to later admit she misheard her. The incident began in July 2020 when Bettinger mistakenly drove down a street where BLM protesters had gathered. Anybody in that time period hell it happened to me in Memphis and I would have ran them over I don't give a fuck I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6 simple as that I wasn't going out just cause I'm a white guy that's what it was all about right open racism it's good Stephanie Wilms Jesus Christ this stuff is just sick as fuck I want to get to the tweet to read the whole thing. If your child comes to you as a pirate, you should be you should celebrate. It's wonderful news he discovered his true self. Plus, this coming out means he trusts you with the privilege of knowing something sacred and ineffable he discovered deeper than himself. Make sure he feels affirmed in his identity by swiftly offering a schedule the soonest available appointment with your friendly neighborhood pediatric surgeon. After all, how does a small cost of an eye and removal surgery compare to a lifetime of happiness? Life is authentic identity. It's really a big fat nothing burger. The sad thing is, it may be a joke, but it's the world we're in. This is for kindergarten kids. When a baby is born, growing up might say, it's a girl if their body had a vagina, or if it's a boy if their boy has a penis. Sometimes grown-ups aren't sure, but they choose the world girl or boy anyway. Some babies grow into different gender than the ones the grown-up called them. There are lots of different genders that people grow into. Some people are girls. Some people are boys. Some people are e neither. Some people are both. 
It's okay to wonder, am I a girl? Am I a boy? Am I both? Am I neither? It's okay to wonder. As for two to five, it's not even subtle anymore. It's not. They just want to push it. They want every kid to turn into a dem. It's really good for voting. It's just fucking sick. Matt Walsh, sisters are perpetual bullshit. A few months ago, the left had celebrated the sister perpetual indulgence. The Dodgers gave him an award. Public elementary school invited them to read to children. Anyone who suggested the depraved group shouldn't be applauded was labeled a hateful bigot. Yet, it's been writing out silence since August 12th, arrest of sister for indecent exposure after witnesses said he masturbated in public. Meet Clinton Monroe, Ellis Gilmore, who, according to social media posts, goes by novice sister Beth Cook. I don't know if I got a good... I did. I got a good picture on this. An account with the drag name Beth Cockham appears to belong to Clinton who was tagged as the blonde man in fish tights or fishnet tights reading a public elementary school with Eureka chapter of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. After he reads the children, Clinton continues posting depraved memes on Facebook. This is... This is literally... They, they, fuck, I just, I just, I, mother fuck, you're kidding me. This is the kind of stuff that he posted on his Facebook. And I, once again, don't care. Suck a bucket of dicks. Don't give a shit. It's your world. But if I posted porn, on my website, which I just did, by the way, um, do you think I'd get into an elementary school? Here's another one. This is the kind of shit this fucking freak. Oh my god. Tell me this guy should be around kids. Never mind he got caught masturbating. But that's okay. You're a bigot if you're not down with that shit. You're just a fucking bigot. Piece of shit. I I just don't even know. WAPO, a fried flag band, sparks accusations of betrayal in a Michigan city. And then once again, that is the one where it's Arabs. It's Omar's district. What? Okay. Oh, I fucked up. We're going to get to that second. Going to get to that second. Going to get to that second. I guess I didn't get these bookmarks. Okay. That's cool. Tim Wise. Uh, it, it's so on. Toxic anti-theist anti tool learns the hard way. You do not come for Christians or children. 
Terrorism and tell your children they must believe X, Y, or Z thing or else they will go to hell and burn in a lake of fire forever. If you believe that, teach that. Your kids should be forcibly wrenched from your care and raised by anyone else. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good guy. So let's, uh, Morning Joe airs promo of Hillary Clinton running again, and it's our This Is America. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. So in addition to her many titles, Hillary Clinton now has added (laughs) another one. Professor, take a look. Oh my God. What is it? It's Hillary Clinton. She's running. What? What? Hillary's running again? I know, I heard that's so crazy. This is wild. She's running again. Here I am. Hillary, you're running again. Well, I sure am, Karen. I just got here early for the new class we're teaching together on foreign policy decision making. (laughs) She is returning, running, by the way, to the classroom, (laughs) co-teaching a course at Columbia University's School of International and Public Affairs. Um, Uh, Weren't we talking about cults? I thought we were talking about cults. I'm pretty sure we were. The surprising pin-piercing Chuck Todd's political bubble. Um, How long is this? Uh, it's a very long video, but it's very interesting. Um, all the whataboutisms and things that are going on right now, he is not happy. Um, the next one, Nate Silver. And anybody who's familiar with him, he's the pollster. He's the smartest guy alive. He always picks for the Dems. He's, you know, he's pretty much... Uh, a damn. Not everyone who disagrees with you is a closet right winger. And it's because all of a sudden he's having to do like real stories. Biden's fucked up. And then this one. And I meant to do a longer version of it, but I'm out of time today, so it's going to be a shorter version. And we'll get there, 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 and we're downright fucking there. Colin O'Brien. I do not like Colin O'Brien. I never thought he was funny. I know he's a Saturday Night Live alum. Um, I just never thought he was a funny guy. Well, he did an interview, and he pretty much just said both sides in this argument, the, the Trump side and the lefty side, they've ruined comedy because it is just one incessantly long, boring 
fucking food fight saying the same things over and over and over. And man, I I was pretty fucking happy reading that. I, I didn't think he would think that way. Um, but it, it's the reality. Let's be honest. Comedy's been dead. Since 2016, comedy's been dead. Since 2016, there are no scandals on one side. There's nothing but scandals on the other side. It's really comedic at, at you know the least. It's just fucking comedic. We 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 ignore everything now. Anything and everything cuz we don't want the other side to win. And the other side is non-progs. I mean it's 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 kind of sad when you when you look at it because it, it shouldn't be that way. We should still have some form of nonpartisanship in our media, but somehow Sorry, I'm behind on my medicine. I'm supposed to take certain pills. I haven't taken any today. Maybe I'll feel better because of it. Who knows? We have decided we're not going to have any nonpartisanship. We need to protect democracy from Trump. And they've convinced themselves through all of this that that's really what it's all about. It's, it's no longer about objectivity. It's no longer about reporting facts. It is about Trump is a threat because they've said it so many times. They now believe it. So we don't do anything anymore that could be considered journalism. I mean, it's not journalism. Even the New York Times is doing articles saying, nope, it doesn't exist. It's not true. And then literally doing uh, the case against Hunter Biden. Because they had to. It, It changed. It became real. There's a problem. It's a problem for the left because it, you you can't ignore it anymore. There is quantifiable evidence that he was doing at the least violations of the Hacks Act. He wasn't a foreign authorized person to be doing dealings in, in foreign. We've, we, we literally went after Flynn and Carter Page and all these people for the same thing. Ruined their lives under Trump. But that's what Hunter was doing at the same fucking time and when his father was vice president. So, I mean, these fucking hypocrites said all that was true and it all proved Flynn was done. All these people, nothing was Nothing was wrong. They did nothing heinous at all. They went all in on that shit. They went on it all in on all the impeachments and every scandal and every comment. The President of the United States four fucking times has spent money. They blocked Trump from building a wall for fuck's sake. It wasn't like some crazy shit to garner votes like what Biden's doing. The whole college thing is just to get votes. 
And, and you go through this podcast, and every week, I know it's so repetitive, but you, you look at Kirby spinning lies. They even, for three days, spun that there was nothing untoward about the President of the United States walking out of a fucking Medal of Honor. Hunter Biden, just saying it over and over, because if he say it over and over, the American people believe it because they fucking don't research shit. Unless you watch Fox, you're never going to hear the other side because nobody's reporting that shit because Axios did, and then they said, fuck that, I'm not doing it. You have Joy Reid every week saying everybody's a racist if they don't believe what she wants. That's okay. All the, the note to media, you're going to do it this way. And no reporting on the simple fact that they were handed an economy that was going to come back to life because everybody's going to go back to work. The unemployment wasn't real. They got a campaign on it was real, that Trump fucked the, un- truck fucked the economy up, blah, blah, blah. And it was all bullshit. But it's politics. And now we're sitting here on the other side. They're not accountable for energy spikes or inflation still there. The simple fact that None of us have enough money. We're barely making ends meet. Everybody. You're living paycheck to paycheck. Even if I was rich, I'd still be doing it because my loans that I used to have, it would still be tight. And they don't get any blame for it. They've done nothing to fix this. It's a total clusterfuck. And they just get away with it because they don't want a Republican to be president again. It's gone from Trump to every Republican. We must defend democracy while we're trashing democracy. And you watch. COVID's back. There's going to be lockdowns. And I guarantee they are already in the works to rig this election. Because when you believe it is the end of democracy, and they do, these people are very naive. They believe that the the world's going to die tomorrow because of climate change. They believe that we're all going to be flooded, even though they've been saying it since the 60s and it hasn't happened. Uh, It's going to happen. They believe this shit. And if you believe that, breaking the law, fuck it. Works for me. They're going to break the law. They're going to rig the election. It's going to make 2020 look like child's play. He'll get close to 90 million votes, and you know that isn't possible. There isn't enough eligible voters unless you use illegals, and they will. Nothing sticks to them because the media won't let them stick. So, yeah, it's cool. They're going to try to impeach him. He's not going to get impeached. This is like the left doing it with Trump. But the media isn't going to talk about it. They've already said before you could even open your mouth, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Even though it's real. This is real. This is more justified than Clinton. Clinton, you're getting on him lying about the word is. You weren't going to win that. This is real. He was doing some dirty deeds. Him and his family. There's bank accounts. I mean, it's meetings in the White House. Jesus Christ. And he outright said six, seven times, I don't know anything about it. 
The simple thing is, if, even if it went to court and even if there was laws broken, nobody could put that guy on a stand. He doesn't even know where the fuck he is. He's brain dead. The man is not capable. And that's my last point. That's how scary this is. They would rather have an incompetent, mentally defective president than any Republican because they have convinced themselves if you don't agree with the Chuck Todds of the world, you're a Nazi and you're dangerous. So that wraps up another episode of Flower Politics Podcast. Share with your family, friends. Go to SoundCloud Flower Politics with K482467 on Rumble and email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. We're going to go with our next podcast, 21 September, Year of Our Lord, 2023, unless we pick that for uh, Booth Day. I don't know when Booth Day is. I don't got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Um, so I bumped into day from Saturday. Figured it'd be a better one. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs and tune back in Thursday for the next show. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.